Welcome to the Taz Show. Yes, I am that one man they call Taz. Hello and welcome to the podcast version of The Gimmick. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for all the support. Thank you for downloading this pod right now on iTunes or Spotify or the one they call TuneIn, maybe Radio.com or TazShow.com. I appreciate it. Much love, as they say, much love. Yes, um, this will be a uh, this will be a fun pod for you guys to check out for sure. It's uh, gonna hit a little bit on the uh, superstar shakeup from Raw, and uh, get into some of uh, uh, SmackDown on the other side uh, in this particular pod. So, um, but let me take care of some business. Actually, I could take care of some business a little while. How about that? But. Um, yeah, so uh, I wanted to say also, oh, we're quick before I move on, we're talking about Raw and all that stuff. We did, uh, we had a little meeting, right? Uh, we had a little meeting, some of the folks with the uh, On Demand podcast, all the, um, some of the older human podcast machines, some of the analytic, uh, analytic folks, they just sound smart, right? Analytic, analytic, analytics, boom, nailed it. Um, and, you know, you know, we've been... Basically dropping some of the older shows, a couple of them, like as Friday Throwback Snacks, even though they're not matches that I'm doing like kind of the alternative commentary on, which I might go back to, um, but it seems like a lot of uh, just the going by the numbers, the download numbers, like very high, and, and people love some of the older shows, so I want to thank you guys for that, for supporting that. Because there has been so many newer fans, and I humbly say, I'm not saying this braggadocious, but there's been so many newer fans uh, that listen to my content or watch it whenever I'm running live video or video in general, um, that maybe you didn't hear some shows uh, of the Taz show from, you know, whatever, 2016, 2017, or the Human Podcast Machine, whatever it was, uh, 2015. You know, so, you know, it's kind of like what's old is new again, as the old expression goes. So, um, and yet some of you folks that, you know, have been with me from day one, Jones, uh, you guys usually support whatever we drop and, uh, we love you for that. And we mean that, and you guys know that. So it's a, it's the, we over nation, uh, bottom line it, uh, it's really that simple. So, um, and I'll give you a little bottom line here about, I'm not going to go through every single freaking thing on raw, but for the most part, the superstar shakeup raw episode deal, uh, even though they were going against uh, the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs, um, uh, it, it, they they kept me gravitated to it for the most part. I, I did watch some of the basketball game and uh, some, uh, the 76 game, I should say. Um, I did watch some of that game, and I had to cover it with Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio, so I had to make sure I did some of that while I was covering, uh, watching Raw and stuff. So, But the one thing... Um, I just got to get it out of the way before I get into talking about some of the people that came over from uh, from SmackDown to Raw and, and all that jazz. But um, I got to just tell you, it's just it's because it's bothering me. Um, 
Bobby Lashley, okay, most of you guys love Bobby Lashley. You loved him when he first was in WWE. You loved uh, any of his MMA fights, and you loved him in TNA. I, I mean, you never really hear people say bad things like fans about Bobby. There's just something about Bobby. He's got that it factor. And, and you know, I look, is he the best promo guy in the world? No, he's not the best promo guy in the world. But, you know, his, his menacing look, his physique, his work style, his athleticism, um, his dedication and passion for the industry is phenomenal. Um, so ain't nobody going to knock Bobby. And I'm happy WWE was, was sharp enough to bring him back into the fold. And, and it's great. But <laughs> I absolutely disagree with what they did with Bobby on Raw. I have to tell you this. I, I was very disappointed in that Bobby, his second week back in WWE, he is put in, um, you know, he had great teammates. <laughs> He's in there. With, you know, with, with a, in a 10-man tag, you know, with Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, Braun Strowman, uh, and Bobby Roode now is on Raw, which I thought was a great, great deal. I'll get into that in a second. And they they beat The Miz, uh, KO, and Sami Zayn, who are both on Raw, and I'll get into that now, too, and have been here, too, and The Miz to Raw. So, look, let me just focus on Bobby Roode here, okay? And just just humor me and just deal with me for a minute. I, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm trying to do a pins and needles, needles and pins. It's a happy man that grins. You guys know. Old school Taz Show fans know that bit. You know, And if you're a Honeymooner fan, you get it. It kind of calms me down. Pins and needles. Needles and pins. It's a happy man that grins. Now, what am I so mad about? Well, that they used Bobby Lashley like hogwash on Raw. That's what I'm so mad about. Come on. Guys, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are you chucking Bobby Lashley on week two? Week two in a 10-man tag. Why? I don't get it. What, what, what? This dude needs a spotlight for weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks. He needs a spotlight. Okay, he does not need to share the light with four other partners. I don't care if it's four other awesome workers and, and wrestlers and over guys. The Intercontinental Champion Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman, obviously over like Rover, Finn Balor, over Jones, you know, and Bobby Roode, uh, you know, uh, the glorious one himself. Well, Bobby is over flat out and going against, you know, guys that are over. I mean, so so as the heels that going against the heels, I should say. So that's not my problem. If, yo, if this was, like, let's just say, hypothetically, with, with Bobby Lashley, let's just say, I don't know, this was like a, whatever, four or five weeks down the road on Raw, I got no problem with it. I got no problem with it at all. But God, you are reintroducing Bobby Lashley to a plethora of newer wrestling fans, WWE fans, especially younger fans. He needs character development for the audience to see who and what this guy is. Really disappointed in what they did here with him. It just should not have been that way. It should, and then, and then to top it all off, he doesn't win the match. <laughs> Braun got the victory on The Miz because The Miz is going off the SmackDown. I mean, like, what are we doing? Yeah, Braun is over. There's no doubt about it. He's a superstar. He's over. I got it. I, I love Braun. But come on, guys, you're a new audience. I just got done at the top of this podcast 
talking about um, my show and my content and how, uh, you know, we are taking some of the older episodes of the Taz show or the human podcast machine. So the newer fans that listen to my content are kind of, uh, you know, they're catching some stuff that, that I've done in the past with my content. It's the same concept. You kind of have to reset the wheel with Bobby Lashley. The, the fans that know him and remember him, you got them. They're hooked. They, they, they love Bobby. No problem. They want Bobby to be pushed like the next Brock Lesnar, but, you know, working a full schedule and all that and, and, and being on all the shows and doing his thing. They want Bobby to be that guy, that killing machine like, like um, Brock was built. And Brock did an amazing job with it along with Paul. As, as his advocate and his manager and his mouthpiece or whatever you want to call Paul. Um, but come on, this is not, this is not a good way to start with Bobby Lashley. I am sorry. I, look, uh, are the wheels falling off the wagon with WWE pushing Bobby Lashley? No, I know that. That's not, I, I'm not saying that. So I don't want anyone to accuse me of exaggerating that because I'm not. Uh, am I being a little touchy about this? No, I'm actually not being touchy. I'm right. <laughs> That this is wrong the way he was treated. Watching Braun Strowman get the pinfall after the running power slam, <laughs> excuse me, on the miss, and then on the outside, go back and watch it. You could see Bobby Lashley's on the floor outside, uh, you know, on off of the ring apron, watching this, and it's like it looked so disjointed. Bobby should be the one getting the win right now if you're gonna chuck him in a freaking ten man tag. Week two, he's in the company. It's just not good. Bobby Roode, different story. Bobby, I, mean, I think this is a great thing WWE's doing, having Bobby on Raw right now. The timing's perfect for Bobby Roode. I, again, the difference is Bobby is established to the audience on the main roster from NXT for quite some time now. It's okay that he has put in that, that 10-man tag. That was fine. I got no problem with that. Lashley, different story. Totally different story. And I explained it. And I'm telling you, if, if you don't believe me or you don't agree with me, rewind this and listen to it again. Because <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll convince you. I promise. I'll sell you the car. <laughs> because I'm not wrong on this. This was not the right way. Let me just pull back the curtain for you. Okay. Bobby Lashley behind the scenes. Bobby, he's a pro. He's respected. Um, but he's a team player. Okay, Bobby, if, if, if they're going really over the top and doing something wrong with Bobby, no matter what company's in, he's going to speak up. Okay, he will speak up for himself, and, and he's respected. Trust me, he is. Um, it's not just from a fear perspective of who he is, but it's because the, he carries himself like a professional. Bobby Lashley's a guy you don't have to worry about getting in trouble, getting drunk, beating somebody up. Being pilled up on a plane and none of that crap. This is not who Bobby Lashley is. This guy's a professional. Okay, you don't have to worry about that. This guy is not a, a, a locker room headache. He, I've never heard anyone say ill words about Bobby Lashley. Now, if it's happened, I'd never heard it. So my point is, this guy is a true pro, and he will speak up. But he's also, um, how do I word this? From a perfect. Now, listen to me closely, folks. Okay, what I'm about to tell you. So I don't want to be mis you know, misunderstood here. Bobby is a non-confrontational guy in the realm of business. He's smart, he's educated, and he's, he doesn't get like, he don't blow up. 
He's non-confrontational in that manner. So if if I you know I don't know if 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 there was somebody, I'll give you an example. If if this was Brock and he was coming back in for week two, uh, to Raw, and the company was going to put him in a ten-man tag and not win, and not have a spotlight to win the actual match, uh, Paul Heyman would go to bat. I, I mean, Paul didn't tell me this, but I, I'm willing to bet the farm. And you guys know I own a big farm. Huge, huge farm. I'm willing to bet the farm that Heyman will have a light conversation with either Vince or Triple H, Stephanie, or whomever, and say, this is not a good way to reintroduce Brock Lesnar to, you know, uh, the WWE uh, universe and the audience and yada, 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 yada. You know, that that's... And sometimes you need it, uh, pardon to use the word that Paul uses, an advocate to go to bat for you behind the scenes. It's, it's a, it's a um, as most of you know, it's a very political business. And in so I've seen it where, and I, it's going to sound negative, but it's not meant negative, that guys that, that politic, guys and girls that know how to politic, um, sometimes get get more uh, more juice out of the bag. You know what I mean? Uh, you got to know how to politic. You got to know how to play the game. You got to know how to talk your way into the game. You know, like it. it, it not always. I don't want to exaggerate. It's not always, but but a lot of times you do. And I just knowing Bobby Lashley, he's not that type of guy. Bobby's not going to go and politic. He's not going. It's just not his style. He's just he's he's a he's a put your nose to the grindstone. I'm bringing my lunch pail and I'm I'm going to work and I'm ready to bust some ass. Let's do it, you know. And that's Bobby. That's Lashley. That's how he is, you know. So, I, I, and he's only in the company. He's brand new back in the company. So there's a probably a, just a plethora of brand new faces. That he's never even met in his life, um, you know, in WWE. And so, you know, he, he don't want to get a, a bad rep, you know. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, uh, like I said, I, I don't want to go over the top and exaggerate that this is Bobby Lashley's in deep, dirty, dark water with WWE now. No, I, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, I just think this is a uh, this is a big show that hopefully did a good number for them. I didn't look at the ratings, as you guys that know me know. Um, even though they were going up against you know the NBA and the NHL, uh, big games, you know. But um, it's a big show. The superstar shake shake up and all that jazz. You know, I, I I I'm just surprised that they went that route with Bobby Lashley. I'm sorry, and I, I've been busted for two days uh, wanting to tell you this. <laughs> So, uh, really, it's just been driving me crazy. So I'm venting. <laughs> Excuse me. Alrighty. Um, like I said, Bobby Roode, different story. I love what they did there with him. I love it. Surprise Jones. I'm cool with it. I think it's good. The Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn stuff. How they handled the logistics storyline wise with Kurt Angle. Tip my cap to WWE. Good job. They covered their bases. It was like they needed a roadmap to figure this thing out, but they handled it. They did a good job. Um, because they had the legal letter written, I should say, uh, done by Stephanie uh, that uh, Sami Zayn read. Now, let's talk about that for a second. Remember, he did that in the ring, telling Kurt basically, not paraphrasing, hey, uh, Kurt, this is on character, sorry, pal, uh, but Stephanie kind of overruled you, so uh, thanks for coming, that type of thing. Um, okay, 
that by the way that fits in the storyline because of what happened at WrestleMania with Triple H and Stephanie versus Kurt Angle and uh, Ronda Rousey. So that all fit in the storyline, you know. Um, here's the thing: I normally would have said, just knowing how I can be sometimes with stuff like this, with the letter that Sammy read. And by the way, I know a lot of you people that watch me on Facebook Live or have watched the Taz show as of late because I wear cheaters, the eyeglasses and stuff. I know when Sammy pulled out the cheaters and he was reading it, you thought of me. Let's be honest. Come on. Come on. I know, yeah, a lot of you thought of me. Come on. You did. You know I'm busting out the cheaters. So you, you thought of me, you saw Sammy. Let's be honest. At least two or three you did. But anyway, um, I, usually I would kind of be mad that they would have Sammy read the letter as opposed to having Because they could have done something else They could have had Stephanie read it <laughs> Like in person, maybe Steph wasn't there Then he could have had Steph, you know, Steph I should say Read it uh, on the Titantron and tape it Let's say she's not on the road I don't know if she was there or not Maybe she was in Connecticut Have a tape it at the studio Or tape it from her home or whatever <clears throat> And um, and get it out Or she could have put, pumped it out um, maybe on social media, they could have did something cool where they do an interactive thing while it's live, where you know, basically Sammy and Kevin Owens say, Hey, Kurt, by the way, I know you're out here, you can't look at your phone and look at social media. But Stephanie, I believe, just tweeted because I got a notification. It was me spitballing off the top of my head right here. Boom, just Creative Jones. Uh, she just tweeted something, so um, you know, and, and then put it on the Titan Tron, and then you see Steph's statement, you know, then it's coming from her as opposed to just. Sami Zayn reading it Now normally I would Go crazy and be angry about that But I'm not going to do that Uh uh-uh. I actually liked That Sammy read it Because it puts more heat on him and Kevin Owens That's why I, For all I know Stephanie was backstage I'm sure she was And I assume they did this to get more heat on. Because think about it You're getting more heat on Steph And you're getting more heat on Bobby I'm sorry, you're getting more heat on Steph And you're getting more heat on Sammy And uh, Did I say Bobby? What am I saying? Take three, how about that? You get more heat on Steph By her not showing up to Kurt And reading it That's why I thought the social media thing would have been cool And they're very social media savvy WWE WWE, and you get more heat on Sammy and Kevin that they are reading the letter. It's just annoying, right? If I'm a character perspective, like, ah, these SOBs, are you kidding me? They, they're reading the letter with a bunch of nerds. You get mad, like you want to kick their ass. It's good stuff. So that's why I wasn't, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. I mean, but I did give you an alternative, what they could have done with it. Um, you know, seriously, I thought they, they definitely could have done that. Um, uh, what else with some people coming involved I want to get to uh, that are newer uh, With the group there I mean Riot Squad, boom, that's cool I mean they attack Bailey and Sasha, okay, that's cool And the Jinder Mahal thing to start off against Jeff Hardy I like that They made me. They made it feel like Jinder is a star that he is And they, they had him come out And do the stuff with Kurt and all that jazz And, and then Jeff Hardy came out And ended up beating him for the United States title um, I, I have uh, no problem with all of that until the part where Jinder lost the title. So <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm nothing against Jeff. I just think that I feel like Jeff is going to be a transitional champ. I just don't, you guys know I love Jeff. I, I, I think that that tie, I can't wrap myself around who that's going to go on. I just think that that's going to be Jeff as a true tra- traditional a champ right now um, But anyway, it was, it's good to see Jinder on Raw and I think that'll be big um, 
Uh, the other thing I was saying, oh yeah, Riot Squad. I mean, it's cool. I mean, there's not much really to say. I mean, they attack Bailey and Sasha. Okay, cool, whatever. I, I wasn't really gravitated to it. That's cool. Uh, off of the pain, I want to say something real quick. They off AOP. You know, now they're from NXT, and um, you know they beat uh, Slater and uh, uh, was it Rhino? Um, you know, I didn't talk about this the other day, and I know it happened. I, I, I don't think I did talk about it on the air or on a podcast. Um, you know, come on. Paul Ellering, precious Paul Ellering, Paul Ellering, the manager of uh, All of the Pain. I, you know, I know everything that, that's being said that, well, he didn't want to travel. It was too heavy of a travel schedule now being on the main roster. And then good for Ellering going public on social media on his twi- Twitter, uh, Twitter and saying something, uh, paraphrasing like, you know, I got no problem with the road. I love traveling, that type of thing. Basically saying, eh, that's a lot of malarkey. So, uh, you know, maybe Vince just wanted to have these guys have a different feel. Uh, all the Authors of Pain, AOP, are the real dealio. Um, um, they talk because they go in and out of their language from English to, I can't remember, we discussed it here on the Taz Show back in the day. I don't know if it's Farsi. I can't remember what it is. I apologize. But I, I have no problem with that. I kind of like it. But they do need, they need a, a hood ornament. They need a front man. They do need a front man or woman. I mean, put a hot chick with them. Put a hot girl with them. Put a girl with them. You know. And give it a real different feel. You know, these two big angry SOBs that are just violent and they're the authors of pain and put a chick in there, you know, you know, put a chick in there with them, you know, black leather, you know, pants and, you know, the whole thing. And she's just got like a, you know, leather headband with like something, you know, hold on a second. Nick from Salem line two. Nick from Salem. Those that get it get. Um, so... <laughs> Some of you are laughing. You get it. No, but really, they, they maybe put a girl with her. Maybe put a, a you know, look, Paige would have been great with these guys, just to give you an example. Paige with, with her dark hair and, 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 and the way she looks and that English accent with these two guys. That's obviously not going to happen now because of her, her role on SmackDown, but that would be money. That'd be money. She could talk. You know, she's great. She's a star. That'd be money. Um, uh, really, I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I do something here with these guys. They need a mouthpiece. They really do. I mean, it's an old thing in the business where we've seen managers for years and valets for a reason. There are talents that can't, you know, that can't get across their message verbally very well. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, that doesn't mean they're lesser talents, but it just means give someone an opportunity to be a mouthpiece for them. And I think you got to do that with AOP, but it's a shame because Paul Ellering, I thought, was there from jump with them. You know what? I think they did this too quick, the WWE, by getting uh, Paul Ellering out of the picture. I do think that these kids, the AOP, should have got their sea legs under them. Maybe um, stay together, uh, with all three of them, with, with, with Ellering. You know, maybe for, I don't know, whatever, uh, uh, a couple of months, and then do something, you know, where... where where uh, they get rid of them. Uh, it seems like WWE just wanted to cut bait right away. And uh, so you'll probably never hear Paul Ellering's name again, I would assume. It seems like they just did a real cut off from him and that he went on Twitter and basically defended himself. You know, kind of says it seems like maybe that relationship's over, I, I, I guess, with Ellering and the WWE. I mean, that's what it seems like. It's a shame. Um, he, he worked well with these kids, you know. And for... Uh, Old school traditional wrestling fans They obviously remember Ellering for managing the greatest Team of all time the Road Warriors So um, 
all his success there. So, uh, you know what? I mean, it, you know. Uh, also, the uh, oh, uh, I talked a little bit about Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens stuff like that, but I didn't talk about the Miz TV segment. This was really good. This felt good with the Miz Taraj and, and, and Miz himself, KO and Sami Zayn, the whole thing, and then basically their parade being rained on and and – and then the letter, like I said, I didn't get into the details about Miz. And Miz's performance was money, money, money. He was great. And now he's the only one going back to SmackDown. I mean, going to SmackDown because <clears throat> of unfinished business with Daniel Bryan. I, um, I, Kurt, Kurt Angle's performance was great in this segment. Miz was amazing. Uh, this whole thing was done really well. It was written well. It was shot well. It was performed well. Uh, loved it, loved it, loved it. Uh, congrats to everybody involved with that segment. They they hit a grand slam with it. Um, other thing I want to talk about here about Raw Two, excuse me, is um, Ember Moon. Right, so she got a victory over Mickey James. Now uh, Nia Jax was on commentary, the new uh, Raw Women's Champ. Now, no diss on on the young lady Nia Jax. She she just you just can't do this with her. You, you can't have her on commentary. You just can't do it. I'm being blunt. You know, nobody else is going to be this blunt that has been around the game and talk about WWE content. I am. And I, a lot of stuff I do is blunt. So all the people can go out there and say, they're going to tell the truth. And I'm going to say, you could do all that stuff. And you're not. <laughs> I am. And I'm telling you, all the stuff I'm telling you is me with no agenda. I'm not looking to get a job back with them. I don't need it. And I humbly say that. I don't. And you guys know that. So I'm telling you, Nia Jax, that's not a good way to protect her as your raw woman's champ her projection her inflection verbally is not powerful enough on a microphone in an announcing perspective you can't she seems like an intelligent young lady that has class i respect that um but she can't bust out in character strong enough while she's on headsets. It's different than being in the ring cutting a promo. It's different than being backstage doing a pre-tape or live backstage interview. When you are on a headset, it's a different type of mic. The acoustics are different, and your projection needs to be different. It's a totally different style. I can speak on these things because I've done them for years, and all of them. Am I an expert at it? You're damn effing right. Yes, that was not humble, and I don't give a rat's ass. You can have Nia Jax on commentary, and I like that she endorsed Ember Moon, but then you did a cutaway uh, uh, early today or whatever it was, early t- whatever they did. They, I, I, you know, I don't like what they did with um, – well, let me back up before I get into that um, about Alexa Bliss. I like – that you're giving me that presence of Alexa again with, you know, with, with Nia and all because Alexa lost her title to Nia. I get it. And I'm cool with the whole thing. I think that's good. Just not during Ember Moon's moment. Not during her match. Like, it's too much distractions. This girl, just like I said about last year, she's too new on the main roster. You need all the attention, spotlight on Ember Moon. It's that simple, kids. It really is that simple. That has to happen. That has to happen. And it's not. And also it has to happen. You got to stop beating Mandy Rose. And you got to stop treating Sonya Deville like a punk. I know Ronda Rousey just kind of beat her up. You took the whole MMA gimmick of Sonya and just said, all right, toilet bowl. See you later. Bye-bye. See ya. You just took her whole MMA gimmick that she does and took the baddest woman on the planet, 
Ronda Rousey and just smacked her around, kicked her, whatever she did. She did a nice, um, nice out of leg sweep with, with a shot to the chest or face. Whatever she did to her, it was very quick. Um, great takedown, great, great, great spot. But you just took that MMA gimmick and just it means nothing. I mean, am I slightly exaggerating? Yeah. But you know what? If if I'm being frank, if I'm Sonya Deville, I'm not happy about that. These are things you will not hear on a WWE network. And these are also comments that will keep me out of the Hall of Fame. As I've said for, what, three years, uh, going on four years? So this is called No Agenda, and this is how you get blacklisted. Yes, exactly. So you, you can't just take Ronda Rousey and do that with Sonya Deville. Build up to it. Let me believe in Sonya Deville and her credibility as an MMA fighter. You've had her done this since NXT. You've done a good job pushing her. She does a great job as an athlete and a fighter and a performer and a worker and a wrestler. Jiminy Crickets. You're just going to take all the heat off her in one friggin' spot for 30 seconds on Raw with Ronda Rousey? Stop. Stop. Bad move. Bad. Bad move. Build it up. Do something. Do a short, a small program, a small angle with Ronda and Deville, and let let them let Ronda win. That's fine. I, you know, to have a Ronda she did a run to help Natalia just to give her a spotlight. They're protecting her, like I told you, they would, and they have to, because they can't put her in a regular wrestling match right now with someone that's not Kurt Angle and 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 Triple H, and they have to protect her, which is called good business. I get it, but you cannot. Uh, prostitute other talents and hurt them like Sonya Deville. You can't do that. That's not good. That's not, I don't care who Ronda Rousey is. That's just not good. Build up to a short angle with Ronda Rousey and Deville and have Ronda Rousey on bar and Sonya taps out. She could still keep her heat. Now, if they come back on Raw and have Ronda get jumped by Mandy and Sonya and beat the hell out of Ronda. And Mandy holds Ronda Rousey's arms behind her backstage where Ronda Rousey arrives to the building and Sonya gets a plethora of heat back. All right, then I'll retract my statements. But I'll see that when I believe that. So that's the... Sorry, I dropped my gimmick. name is Fern Burnham. That's the whole dealio on that. All right. So support for the Taz Show comes directly from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. See, they understand that the home plays a big role in your life and your family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. And Rocket Mortgage is that same level of confidence that you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. And it's simple, guys. Allowing you to fully understand all the details to be confident when you're getting the right mortgage for you and or your family. And they have, you know, of course, Rocket Mortgage that's trusted partners that allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at a touch of a button. No paperwork, no mess, no nothing. And in addition, getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, guys, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, please go to rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. That's rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. T-A-Z. That's me. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org, number 3030. All right, be right back. Gonna take a quick break. Uh, we're gonna jump into a little bit of SmackDown Chatter Chatter Jones. Be right back.
right, all right. Ooh, Kim and out, yeah. Uh, we're back. Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, just give you raw stuff in uh, previous uh, first-hand segment, Jones. I'm going to go into some SmackDown, uh, what happened this past week on SmackDown, some stuff that jumped out to me. Uh, and then, um, yeah, so, yeah, interesting stuff uh, that they did. So uh, I'm going to get into that right now here, so with you guys. So, uh, so that's the deal. So I got to tell you, as a whole... Some of the moves that were made with um, talent jumping back and forth, uh, meaning the superstar shakeup, I'm I, I'm very impressed. I think WWE did a good job as a whole with uh, some of the moves that they made. And as we saw on SmackDown Live on um, Tuesday evening, you know, bringing in <clears throat> uh, several talents to even it up, and so uh, SmackDown doesn't seem like the Redheaded stepchild like we've seen in the past No disrespect to redheaded stepkids uh, But you get my drift So, uh, you know, Jeff Hardy coming in with his title <clears throat> Was big, obviously uh, And the Miz joining We knew that would happen from Monday would happen As I talked about previously here In the first end of this podcast uh, So Samoa Joe's was a, was a huge, nice uh, move there um, Oscar, gigantic move The bar I mean, go on and on uh, um, We saw Um uh, we saw a, a really, uh, really cool vignette they did uh, for Sanity. It sounded like Eric Young's voice. I caught the tail end of it, and I heard him say chaos, and it looked like that whole Sanity thing. And then I saw there was a graphic they tweeted. I didn't see the complete SmackDown show. So if they were on there, um, pardon my ignorance on that. But as a whole, I got to say, uh, it, 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 I think Raw probably got more talent. Meaning more, more talent, but it's a, a three-hour show Where SmackDown's a two-hour show So you can't really throw a flag on that And um, it looks like they put a lot of time into this uh, um, Oh, and Big Cass we saw come back yesterday too And that's right, and the Good Brothers, uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallo So that was cool, the vignettes on that um, And they handled it different than they did on Raw Where guys and girls would just show up They did a little bit different on Raw uh, On SmackDown, I should say But uh, not all of it, but some of it The one thing, though, uh, real quick on SmackDown Is um, SmackDown Women's Champ, the new one The new champ, I should say, Carmella She threw her uh, Melabration Which I think is a funny name, it was cool you guys know I'm a big fan of Carmella. I think she's a great talent. She does a great job. Um, she gets good heat on the mic and uh, her athleticism and her work. And she just gets better and better and better and better all the time. Um, she's doing really well. Now, here's the only thing I wasn't happy about uh, with the, the melibration. And I know... You know, uh, Charlotte came out, uh, uh, you know, at once Carmella was doing her thing for a while, and and and, uh, and that was cool. I thought that she came out, and then the Iconics came out, which uh, which is a very cool name, by the way, um, with, you know, uh, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. I thought that was cool, too, which segued into Becky Lynch coming out. But here's one thing I want to back up. Just in the Melibration thing with Carmella, what, um, what I didn't like, um, uh, I didn't like that... I loved her delivery, Carmella's delivery, her promo work, and she's got that real heel, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just that real annoying female heel thing going on, pretty girl, sexy girl, you know, great body, she's got it all going on, and she's got the whole Staten Island shtick going on, which I actually think she's from New England, from Boston, and this show was done in Providence. Which, for those that don't know, is very close to Boston. Providence, Rhode Island is very close to Boston. So maybe she has some family and friends there. But it's funny because they bill it from Staten Island, 
and she does the whole Staten Island Brooklynese accent really good, but I think she's really a New England girl. But I digress. Um, I don't like that they had Carmella act like almost like a fangirl, like she was shocked that she was able to beat Charlotte Flair. I, I just didn't like that. I understand. Trust me, she's a heel. I totally get it. I think she should have been. She almost made it like. Yeah, look at me. I, you know, I was able to beat Charlotte. You know, Charlotte's like one of the greatest female wrestlers ever. Whatever she said. You know, Charlotte's the one who, who killed Oscar's uh, undefeated streak at WrestleMania, and I beat her. I was able to beat it. Now, I understand she's a heel. I, I'll say that a thousand times over. But y- y- I just don't think that's a good look for her. I understand her character. I get how she is. She's she's annoying. And that's her gimmick. I got it. I do think we've seen flashes of her. Carmella, where she gets very cocky and confident over the top and arrogant. I think that's a better look than the fangirl look. Than, than the fangirl, like, look at me, look what I did. You know, I, I, I'm sitting there looking at the tube, the TV, and I'm like, damn, I mean, act like you've been there before. I'm not blaming Carmella. It's not her fault. It's the way it was written. I know she hasn't been there before, meaning as a world champion, but still, you're a heel. You got to have, I believe in that. That swagger for wrestlers, I just don't, I don't know, I just wasn't, I just didn't like that. I didn't, uh, I didn't like it one bit, uh, that part of it. I was, um, <laughs> excuse me, I was sitting there, I was like, man, what are they doing? Why, why is she saying these things? You know, it's like, you, you, you're the new SmackDown champ. Why did not having a new SmackDown women's champion be over the top, cocky and confident and like she's the 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 bee's knees, as uh, some would say. You know what I mean? Like I just, I didn't I didn't agree with that. I didn't like that at all. Um, it didn't hurt the segment. I, you know, sometimes I get a little you know a little um, nitpicking and stuff like that. And maybe that's the case here. I don't know. Um, but I don't know. I just felt like it was a little like. Ugh. But Carmella, uh, she she did a great job in the segment, as did Charlotte. And once they got into the whole physicality thing and the match, you know, the, 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 the Billy Kay versus Charlotte, um, it doesn't hurt Billy Kay that she lost. She's Her, her and uh, Peyton Royce are the type of heels that whatever they do, they're going to still have their heat. It doesn't hurt their credibility. Um, they're awesome heels. I, I, I'm a big fan of those two girls. Um, she did a great job the way she tapped Billy Kay in the bridge gimmick uh, figure eight. I don't know what Charlotte calls it, figure four, but it's a figure eight. I guess that's what she calls it, like in the bridge. And it's a cool move. It's off a spin-off of her dad's figure four, obviously. But the thing is, uh, Billy Kay did a great job as a heel. Watch, if you go back and watch it, look at her face as she's getting ready to tap, like the pain she's in and like the disappointment in herself and like this, oh man, I can't believe this is happening. Almost that feel. Very great, like really, really great facial expressions by Billy Kay. Um, and then uh, the, speaking of facial expressions and, and the, the acting end of things, the reaction thing, take a look at Carmella when you go back and watch it, if you haven't seen it yet. Once Oscar made her debut on SmackDown Live and it was Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Asuka in the ring. I believe that was the visual. And on the ramp, uh, uh, snuggling with her SmackDown Women's title was Carmella, meaning holding it tightly because she knows, oh, my God, any one of these three girls can take this title for me. I'm like, geez, Asuka's here now? Oh, what the heck? The facial expressions, the body language um, by Carmella, I really thought was awesome. And she told a lot of stories physically without even moving, like just something like I it just the story was told for me. And, and the look that she gave those three girls in the ring, it, it, like Oscar was the icing on the cake, like, oh, 
man, uh, things just went from bad to worse. You know, like for me as the heel champ, and I'm trying to hang on to this title. So my prediction will be would be that I think SmackDown Women's Champion Carmella, the gimmick they're probably going to go do with her. Is where I don't want to say every week, but she's she's got to hang on to her title from for from a thread, you know. Like it's just it, it she's always about on the cusp of losing it, and it's, that's great heel heat if if she could pull that off. Um, you know, this is where having a James Ellsworth watcher with her would have helped to help keep, help her keep that title, but they've moved on from James, as you could tell just by the video package. On uh, Carmella, that's that Carmella, Carmella threw to where we watched uh, her victory. Uh, you know her her trials and tribulations getting to the to the SmackDown Women's Title. You did not see James Elmsworth once, I believe, not at all. So um, I don't know. To me, it's that whole double segment there of uh, you know of Carmella segueing to Charlotte Flair uh, beating uh, Billy Kay with Oscar showing up. That to me, that was probably um, again, like I said, I saw about eighty percent of the show. Uh, that was probably the best, the best segment for me. I mean, for me as a viewer, I just just watching it. Um, uh, the whole thing, I just thought was cool. I, I love Samoa Joe's promo. I like how he tied it into Roman Reigns again. Uh, uh, and as you guys know, they're doing the joint pay per views again. So that was a big announcement. We're on SmackDown gimmick pay per views together. You know, so. Uh, at this point, like it's like they've done years ago. Why, why even do a you know the, <laughs> the the brand split type thing? You know, I mean, because it's almost like superstar shakeup. Why do a draft? It's almost like the same thing, you know. And we've we got one color commentator who is on both shows forever, and there's really no, you know, I don't know. It's just. The vignette was cool. They did for the pay per view, you know, with the blue and red, with the talent all in different, um, you know, uh, studio bays, like uh, on a microphone and stuff, and, and like singing and stuff. I thought it was very cool, young, exuberant, a real different feel. Um, <clears throat> it shows it made the talent feel young and and happy. It made it feel like a feel good moment. Uh, feel very progressive, very 2018, a very uh, PC friendly, you know, non confrontational. Just think about like back in the day, like in my prime in ECW, like Paul Heyman never would have produced a video <laughs> like that, <laughs> or like me singing it to Michael Happy or you know Sabu or like Van Damme with the Eliminators or something like that, or you know Shane Douglas like that never would have happened. <laughs> But it's a different time now, and they're a publicly traded company, and I really thought it was cool. Uh, I, you know, it doesn't hurt the talent. It's um, no matter if the talent is a tough guy or a tough girl or not, it shows them as humans, shows them having fun, made them feel like big stars. It was fun. It was a fun piece, a fun promo to really build the the joint pay-per-views. I enjoyed it. If, if this was on Raw, I did not see it, by the way. I did see it on SmackDown, so I'm not sure if it was on Raw. Oh, sorry, my dinosaur almost fell on my schnabitz. That's what you heard there. Was like, that happens sometimes. But, um, yeah, I thought the, vi- the video was cool on that deal. I did. Um, the uh, AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, uh, the Rusev, Aiden English at the end, and then uh, Nakamura and Big Cass you know, attacking. I thought that was cool. I mean, it's good for Big Cass. He's back in the fold there doing his thing. Um, you know, they did the, the backstage vignette would would. Daniel Bryan and then Big Cass does the little man thing and looks down at him. I mean, WWE uh, will always and has always been obsessed with the big man, little man complex. It's just 
that's just never going to end, I guess. Because <laughs> people thought it's just Vince. I got I got to be frank with you. Triple H is basically the same way. So uh, it's like the same mindset. So it's not going to die. So that whole thing. Um, you know. Whatever I could, I could, I could do fifty-five top podcasts about that and laugh at it like nonstop. Um, but it was good to see. Like I said, Samoa Joe cut a really good promo. Like I said, and circle back to uh, Roman Reigns and stuff like that. And he was in a, a good match with Sin Cara, and he ended up being victorious. Joe did obviously against Sin Cara, so some cool stuff. I'm looking to see uh, what they do. Uh, hopefully with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows When they come into fold there Hopefully they do well there uh, The bars coming there as I was saying too Cian Amis with Selena Vega Which is awesome um, You know, it, it, Look Smackdown felt good There was a few surprises there, a few moves I, I, I thought it was good I, I really have no complaint on it One, one iota, one bit So uh, it, it was cool to me So it's just some thoughts On the, uh, on the show uh, Right there Okay so listen Um so before I wrap up, I want to just say, um, you know, as as we know, uh, this past week, I don't know when you're listening to this, but it, it happened um, Wednesday, the uh, April 18th, uh, 2018, uh, a legendary figure, not just in the wrestling business, but in entertainment in general for, for decades upon decades, the one and only, uh, a true icon, a true legend, Bruno Sammartino passed away, I believe Bruno was 82, I believe, Um very sad uh, to hear that, um, you know, because you know he, he lived. Bruno, I mean, I, I didn't, I did not know Bruno. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't privy to like share a locker room with Bruno. He's obviously the g- couple of generations before my generation. But as many of you know that listen to me uh, for a long time here in Natasha, you guys know I'm a, I was always a big fan of Bruno Sammartino since I was young, young kid. You know, um, the thing is. Uh, yeah, Bruno was 82. I just had a triple check. So the, the thing is, this this Bruno Sammartino is an iconic figure and will be forever, even though he's no longer with us. Because, you know, during that WWF days, during Vince McMahon's dad's uh, you know reign of, of taking the, the company to a whole new level, and then Vince, the, our current Vince McMahon, Vince Jr., comes in and, and really does what he did. Bruno Sammartino uh, did great, great work uh, as as an athlete, uh, the Italian strongman himself, and all he's done, his success, uh, even into broadcasting as a color commentator for WWE. A lot of people don't remember that, but he did for a long time once he kind of retired, you know. But Bruno, um, Bruno is. Uh, I was tweeting at um, uh, one of the uh, my fellow radio broadcast colleagues, uh, Brendan Tierney, BT. From Tiki and Tierney on CBS Sports Radio He's there on a little bit later in the day Where Moose and I are on in the morning um, And uh, BT, Brendan Tierney He's a big, you know, huge wrestling fan Huge supporter of the business And um, uh, does a great radio show With Tiki, Tiki Barber uh, Like I said, Tiki and Tierney So they do a great job And, and the thing is BT, you know, he texted, uh, I'm sorry, he tweeted me, and, and he's saying something like this, he saw the tweet I put out, you know, showing respect towards Bruno, saying uh, how big of an influence Bruno was on, you know, my career, and it's sad that he's no longer with us, and uh, he had asked me, uh, BT, if if I felt like this is on social media, if I felt like uh, Bruno was in my Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore and all that, all that stuff, and I said, well, you know, I replied back, because I'm not big into the whole Mount Rushmore stuff, but uh, more or less, what I said to him was, you know, uh, I think that 
to this day in, in 2018, you know, household name is Bruno Sammartino. I mean, the, this man was born in 1935 and, and wrestled for decades and had success all over the place. And to this day, people know that name, Bruno Sammartino. People know his name. I'm not talking about just older folks. People know his name. You know, I'm not saying maybe if you are uh, listening to me and you're a teenager, maybe you're 12 years old, 13 years old, 14, you might not know him. But I guarantee you, I promise you, you ask your dad or your older brother or your, or your uncle or your mom or your grandfather, they know Bruno Sammartino. <laughs> so it, Bruno's, Bruno is a, uh, I, I, uh, I will battle anyone to, that disagrees with me. He's a household name. And, um, to this day, and, and he'll remain that way. Just a legendary uh, person from our industry. Um, I wish I had really got to know him. I, I never did. Um, but I was a gigantic fan of his work, and he was a big influence on me. You know, being an Italian kid from New York, you know, and Bruno, you know, is from Pittsburgh. But the thing is, like, you know, when he was champ, man, I used to want to go see him wrestle at the Garden all the time, you know, and I, I really didn't get a chance to do it. We didn't have the money. And we used to see him on TV getting interviewed by Vince McMahon, you know, and they Bruno very, very rarely wrestled on television because that's how it was back in the day. You know, they didn't have the guys that were the top guys wrestle on TV because they wanted you to pay money to go see them at the house shows, the live events. It's a different world now, obviously, with TV ratings and money and advertising and pay-per-view and all that stuff. Stuff. So this changed many years ago, but that's how it was back then in the early 80s or the late 70s or whatever it was. And um, <laughs> I remember the one angle they showed they showed with Larry Zabisco and and where he bloodied up Bruno with a chair. He turned on Bruno like Bruno was his mentor. And oh my God, I hated Zabisco. Oh, the heel heat he had with me. I wanted to destroy him when I was a young kid. So, <laughs> but, you know, that was when I really learned, I didn't know the word, but the difference between a heel and a baby face. Like, you know, Zabisco taught me that from a very far when I was a young kid. And I wasn't like, I talked about this in the past. I wasn't a diehard wrestling fan. I didn't like live and sleep and die pro wrestling as a kid. But I was a Bruno, Bruno Sammartino fan, I can promise you. You know, I, I, I remember seeing him on that WWF TV and, and, and I remember seeing Dusty Rhodes, the, the late, great Dusty Rhodes, when he came in and Mil Mascaris. I remember these guys when they'd be on wrestling in Hamburg, Pennsylvania for Vince McMahon Sr. on TV or the Allentown Fieldhouse in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I remember and I remember getting a chance later on in my career uh, working for the IWCCW for the Savoldis and wrestling in buildings that these guys were doing TV. And I remember when I was a young wrestler wrestling uh, for ICW, IWCCW for Maris Savoldi and being like in the Allentown building or being in the Hamburg field house and saying to myself, damn, you know, Bruno used to work in this place. Like Bruno wrestled here. Like I wouldn't tell anyone that, but I would say that to myself. And it was like, you know, that was a big deal to me. That was a really big deal to me as a, as a up and coming wrestler, you know? So yeah, man, uh, he was a gigantic influence to me and, and uh, condolences to his family and his gigantic fan base all over the world and, and prayers with his family and during the tough time. And um, <clears throat> I'm assuming this man lived a very full life, um, you know, uh, uh, but he was a gigantic influence on me. 
Um, you know, geez, he was he was probably uh, in his prime. Uh, he was probably an inch or so taller than me. He wasn't, you know, I mean, as you guys know, I'm not a super tall guy. I'm 5'9 on a, on a great day. And I think Bruno was around 5'10, pushing maybe 5'11. Um, but he was a thick, powerhouse-built man. And, and, you know, I always tried to keep that thickness and that power and that strength. Where if you look at Bruno, man, you look at pictures of Bruno during his prime, he was never ripped with abs and sliced and all that. He just looked like a thick, raw bone, blue collar SOB that would beat your ass. You know, just to, just to hook in that bear hug and squeeze the life out you. You know what I mean? Like, just just that's how those guys were back then. They were man's men. You know, guys like him, guys like Ivan Koloff, you know, guys like superstar Billy Graham, you know, guys from that era. You know what I mean? And then years later, guys like a couple years later, like guys like Piper and stuff like that. And I mean, the list goes on and on. You know, Jesse Ventura, all these guys, you know, Stan Hansen, you know, uh, Stan Stasiak, those guys from that era, man. Like those guys were, they were man, 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 man's men, men's men. Take three. Um, you get my drift. They, they, it wasn't like today. They just, it, today's a little bit more. That's obviously a cosmetic business for the past, you know, couple of years. <laughs> probably, uh, probably a couple of decades. <laughs> it's been more of a cosmetic di- business. Um, back then, these guys were just raw bone, man. They're just raw bone, tough son of a bitches that you'd bump into at a bar that looked like a guy you could bump into a bar and have a couple of beers with, get drunk with, and a guy gets married. Next thing you know, he beats you up. That's what these guys look like, you know, and that, that's, that's that, you know, that's obviously a, a lost look now. It's not like that anymore. I mean, every once in a while you see some of these younger cats, they're trying to give that look with that, that rugged, raw bone look. You know, like uh, in WWE, like, uh, I don't know, you, you think of like the Bludgeon Brothers, like, you know, they're doing a gimmick, but still, they're like Thicker built and you know raw bone guys or a Bray Wyatt, you know that type thing. You know what I mean? You know, so you get some of that, but for the most part, it's not. But the thing is, Bruno Sammartino, legend, icon, uh, no longer with us, but um, we lost a great one. This this guy, uh, this guy was a legend for sure. I wish I had got to know him, um, you know, but I really didn't. Um, but uh, he was a gigantic influence on me. So, again, condolences and prayers and thoughts uh, with his family and his uh, massive fan base. So I hope you guys enjoy, enjoyed, I should say, the podcast, uh, the Taz show here, uh, hitting you up with some of the Raw, then hitting you with some of the SmackDown and stuff like that. All right, guys, as usual. I appreciate all the love and support. Uh, talk to you guys soon. I'm Taz. You're not. Uh, talk to you later on. Bye bye.